Pitch Deck Asia. Your story, your words. We're on. Hey, folks, this is Graham Brown. This is Pitch Deck Asia. We showcase some of the best and most exciting startups throughout Asia, based here in Singapore today, welcoming to the virtual studio, Mandy Chan from Bo. Mandy, welcome. Hi, thank you so much. Nice to meet you guys. It's nice to have you here. We're going to talk about the Bo journey. Are you a sporty person in particular? What's the background? How did you get into this space, sports and travel? Uh, surprisingly, I was not really a sports person. Um, starting up, my office product was actually a gym bag. Um, that only came about because I used to go to um, a gym and always leave my toilet sheets back in the shower. And I always forget it. That's why I came up with this product. Yeah. Okay. So that was your first product. Interestingly, I was just looking at your backstory. Before we talk about Bo, how old were you when you started your first business? Um, so I was about 19. 19? Kind of, yeah, fresh out of college. Fresh college. out of college. You hadn't yeah. even gone to university yet, right? I haven't. Yeah. 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 It's, we don't often get here in Singapore and it's refreshing to see somebody so young starting a business. Why did you start a business at such a young age? Usually people wait till they're later or they go through an accelerator scheme or maybe they drop out as a corporate dropout in their thirties and forties, but you're an exception. Midlife crisis, right? (laughs) Yeah. What's your story? How did you get a, such an early start? Mm, I would say like, I've always been um, interested in starting my own business. So starting from like primary school, elementary school. So I started selling like marshmallows to my friends, (laughs) not knowing that I actually made a loss because my parents bought it for far more expensive. And I was like, (laughs) yeah. So it started from there and I was like really interested in the the whole business scene. And then um, it was until when I graduated from junior college, I actually interned in three different startups, namely Cellfo, um, an ed tech startup. Um, Hello Dan, an accounting startup, and uh, one more, The Living Room. So um, three different startups, and I realized that after these three startups, I was really interested in the whole starting up your own business thing because I could see like the passion of the founders, you know, when they went to work, how it's so different from um, when my dad went to work, where it's like nine to five and you see the, the deadness in his eyes, you know. So um, that was really refreshing, and I wanted to find out a little bit more about that. So Your first product was a bag. And you, how did you get that off the ground? How did you turn that idea into a reality? Um, so at 19, you don't really have a lot of money. Um, so that's where um, all the street surveys came when I asked people like what they thought about the product, um, making prototypes out of like cardboard boxes from FairPrice, from like Minimarts, because it was really expensive. And Singapore didn't really have any prototyping services at that point of time, or at least I didn't know about it. Yeah, so it kind of started from there. And um I think one point uh, to answer the question just now of like why I started so early um, was also because like um, I believe in this thing called like minimal regret. It's, some, it's something close to what uh, the Amazon CEO, like Jeff Bezos, um, used to say about how, you know, you don't want to live your life with, uh, with any regrets. So you just do the things that cause you the minimal regret, something like that, a minimal regret kind of approach to life. And I believe in that. So that's when I decided to take a leap of faith and take a gap year from school. Yeah. Mm. And did you go back to school? <laughs> so the deal with my parents was that after a year of startup, um, I was supposed to earn like a graduate's pay. And if it didn't, I had to go back to school. So at that point of time, I wasn't earning like a graduate's pay. So I had to go back to school. 
and currently I'm um, about to graduate actually, like this year. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good. All right. Well, let's have a look at the market you're in at the moment. If we can flash up the pitch deck and bearing in mind that not everybody can see what we're looking at on the video. So we might have to be descriptive. If we can get the bow pitch deck up on the screen and go to slide five, this is the market slide essentially to give us an understanding of the market we're in here. So you talk about the total available market, serviceable market, and then target market. How do you define the market you're in? Um, for us, we actually look at the sports and travel um, bags industry specifically. So um, definitely looking at people who are in the bag industry and yeah, so, sort of um, those, those players out there. Mm. It's extremely competitive, isn't it? Because I imagine everybody on Alibaba has a bag how are you competing in that market how are you maintaining margins um for us like we believe in having our own designs so that's one factor that kind of um i think would be in our control because rather than what you see in alibaba and all that which are like you know just um normal bags and you just slap a logo on it for us we come out with our designs um by ourselves and that's uh our, we put our own spin on it. So that's one of the things. And I think another thing is like community building. That's another thing that we use to stand out from the rest of the people. So we build like a cult-like kind of uh, branding and culture within our tribe, um, engaging them and making sure that we remain connected to them. I think that's like one factor that uh, no matter how much you copy our bag, that's, nothing, that's something that people can't copy. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious about that. I'll ask you about that in a minute, how you actually yeah. do that, because that's easier said than done. Definitely. You've got, you've got <laughs> that's a good the understanding learning. of the, the tribe that you're communicating with. That's a great start. Maybe we can go back to the beginning. If we can look, look at slide three, the solution here, which is probably where it all starts, the pain point. Help us understand this. What is the problem? If we look at slides before that, slides two and three, the problem and the solution. What is the problem in the market that you're trying to solve? It's not surely that there isn't or there aren't enough bags. Something else, right? What are you solving as a problem? Yeah. So um, I think what we are solving is basically catering gears to the modern lifestyle. So let's think about a day in your life. So you go to the gym in the morning and then you meet, you go to work, you meet your friends for dinner. You might even take a flight, you know, um, at night to go to a nearby country for work. So the, the current lifestyle that we have right now is very different from what it used to be. What it used to be was like nine to five, you go home, that's it. But right now, because of globalization, because of like how fast paced our lifestyles has become, that we squeeze a lot of uh, activities into one day. And that's where our gears come into play because instead of bringing multiple bags um, where you kind of forget which where your wallet is, um, we actually put everything into one bag and one gear. So that's where we want to solve the problem of that. Yeah. Hmm. And how do you do that? Is that just providing different compartments in the bag or what? Uh, not really. So other than different compartments, that's one thing. Um, another thing is to envisage how um, the lifestyles of people are and catering like suitable materials for them for, to last uh, for the entire day and making sure that it's durable, which means that you don't have to switch your bag after like two months of using it because we actually provide a, a lifetime warranty for all our products. Yeah, you've got one of your, I mean, you've got your products here. Let's have a look at some of them so we can get an understanding. There's a slide here with two of your products. Obviously, one that's coming up. We're going to talk about the shirt and the Kickstarter campaign. Your bag, Quiver, is that right? Tell us about the, the idea. I actually have, um, I actually have the, the real one with me right now. <laughs> okay, so you show yeah. us on the screen? 
Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, not sure if you guys can see. Yeah, yeah, I can see. Yeah. So on the outside, it might look like a really normal bag, right? Hmm. Nothing special. But the real beauty lies in the inside. So let's talk about, you know, if you're heading to the gym. And the front compartment here is actually where you can slot in your shoes. Um, you can put in like a size 14 shoe, whatever. And there's actually ventilation holes to make sure it's breathable. Hmm. But the thing is that um, another thing that you need after your gym is that you sweat, right? And you want to you wanna shower. So we actually have this compartment right here where you can actually put in like your clothes and your toiletries here. And if you want to uh, listen to music in the shower or like answer a phone call, answer a FaceTime, who knows? Um, you can actually put your phone here. Mm -hmm. Zip it up so it's waterproof and you can actually use your phone from here. Yeah. So and this is some of the details. How much would that cost? How much does the equivalent cost retail? Um, this is $97 and it comes mm -hmm. with a strap and you can actually add another strap to make it a backpack. So this is the smaller version one and we actually have a bigger version called the Quiver X. Um, that is something that we launched on Kickstarter about two years ago. Uh -huh. Yeah, in November actually. Mm. Okay. Tell us about your experience with Kickstarter. It's an interesting model for raising, I guess more than just raising funds, it's about building a, a fan base, isn't it, for your product? And I, I've heard obviously the, quick, the Kickstarter market has evolved quite quite distinctly in the last five years where it, i think what people started off doing kickstarter and where it is now is quite different so how's your experience been on kickstarter especially with the last campaign um so we have had two kickstarter campaigns so far uh, one for quiver and one for quiverx and our experiences our experience has been pretty great actually um especially with the first one where we didn't know whether the product was even, um, whether the market would be receptive to it. Because um, what Kickstarter provides, which I think other platform doesn't really provide, is a supportive fan base of international people. So sometimes you want to test in a simple market and it's really easy, right? You can just put it in the stores, but you don't know whether it will work uh, in overseas. And a lot of overseas distributors, they will be also really scared to take on your products because number one, the shipping fee is really expensive. And number two, they have to up... Uh, they have to pay upfront for the wholesale costs. So Kickstarter enables them to actually see um, whether the, the product is in demand for their country. And from there, they can actually reach out to us directly. So um, our experiences there has been really great because it allowed us to actually connect with a lot of um, international distributors um, whom we don't have to cold call and cold email, which used to be the norm. And now it's like people reaching out to us because they can see how much in demand our products are. Yeah. yeah. So for a distributor, they can actually go to Kickstarter and find products which already have a ready-made demand, which for them yeah, really reduces definitely. the risk, doesn't it, of finding the right products. Okay. Yeah. So what kind of numbers did you get on Kickstarter with the two campaigns? I imagine the first one, if you didn't really know what you were doing so much, anything was a bonus, right? Yeah, exactly. So um, we actually were just aiming for $15,000, which was actually like the bare minimum we need to hit the MOQ, the minimum order quantity from our product. And then um, we did about $64,000, which is about four times of our original goal. So that was kind of crazy because like we didn't expect people from like US and like from Egypt would buy it. And then um, with the second one, we were a little bit more confident, right? But still keeping our, our estimates really conservative. So we aim again for $15,000 and this time around we got about $74,000. So um, that was kind of like a $10,000 increase, which um, yeah, was quite interesting as well. 
How, how do you service that? I guess that's a challenge, isn't it? I mean, if you're going to get an order of, uh, if you're going to do $130,000 worth of business on Kickstarter, now you have to service it. And it, I guess it's quite lumpy as well, isn't it? Like you've got to service it within a certain time. I'm not sure how it works. But you, you must be able to fulfill the order within a certain period. Otherwise, you effectively lose your fans, right? But does that create another problem? The fact that you've now done $65,000 worth of business, you now have to distribute a lot of bags, um, yes and no. So like at first we didn't really know what was going on. So we packed everything ourselves because we wanted to save on the packing fees. And you must imagine the horror that it was like, did we send it to Susie? No. Then after that, like we have like the whole team and like, like shit, where's Susie and all that, you know, trying to dig through the parcels. And then that was when we realized that, okay, we kind of screwed up <laughs> and, um, we had to look for professionals. So I think it was a learning journey for that. And, um, in terms of like meeting the, the deadlines and everything, thankfully our um, the factory that we are working with, um, we have a good working relationship with them. And therefore, in terms of meeting deadlines and stuff, I think we're pretty confident of that, thankfully. Yeah. So what did you learn like from Kickstarter 1 to Kickstarter 2? Now you're a bit more seasoned going into number 2. How did you do it differently? Um, definitely, I think we focus a lot more on pre-launch. So like for any startups out there, right, especially people who are looking to kickstart their project, um, the pre-launch, I would say is actually more important than the actual launch date because that's when you actually build hype over your product and you have um, a lot of people in your email list and email is actually, EDM is actually one of the highest converting marketing tool, right? And um, that is where, you know, uh, a lot of attention was paid to the second one compared to the first one. And I think in terms of like the production value of the videos or the photos, um, instead of filming it ourselves, we actually gave it to professionals this time around. And but we, I think, didn't do the logistics for ourselves, you know, by ourselves for the second round. Yeah. Okay. So obviously you had a success with Kickstarter and you were talking about building up your fan base. We're moving to this point about talking about how you do your marketing, because I imagine for you to sell at a margin, you have to build a brand. Tell us how you've built a community or a tribe around your bag on Kickstarter. What things work for you? Mm. I think one of it was actually offline events that we can't really have now, but offline events. So every month we will have this uh, bro tribe gathering and um, the idea behind it was, you know, uh, you don't know where we are going. You're just going to sign up. And then once you sign up, we're going to tell you the day before where it's going to be and what things to bring. And that's it. And during the session itself, it's something totally new. So it, we range from like yoga, heat yoga to like um, rock climbing and all that. And the whole idea behind it is to like um, enforce the whole b-boat mantra that our, our brand is known for. So you don't know what you are in, just take a leap of faith and like just experience life with us. So we have Wait, seen how does that happen? I get <laughs> yeah. told about this mystery event. Yeah, it's like a mystery event, event actually. Yeah. yeah, And I don't know what it is, but I'm turning up Yeah, and then you're yeah. going to do something crazy yeah. like yeah. rock climbing or yoga. <laughs> Yeah, correct. So um, we don't tell you exactly what you're doing. Um, we don't tell you the activity. You just we just say where to go. But for some places, it's more obvious, like rock climbing, because there's only a few rock climbing places in Singapore, right? Um, but yeah, so the idea behind it is like you don't know where you're going. Just trust us. You know, trust trust that it's gonna be fun, and just be bold and do it. Do I have to have and, a bag to join, or is that? Uh, so the people with the bag has like a discount. So you can still join and it's like an added incentive, you know, 
when you go there and it's, it's cheaper, the things are cheaper there. Yeah. What, what, do, what do you, what have you learned in doing that? Cause for many years I worked with Red Bull, for example, and I looked at how they built tribes around fizzy water effectively. You know, that's all it is. And yet, you know, really that's not what they're selling. They're selling the community they're building around the product. I mean, you don't have to drink Red Bull to go to any of the events, but they've been very good at building these communities. For you, what is working, you know, obviously you're creating these offline events and you're speaking to people who obviously have something missing or, you know, they want to connect to something that doesn't exist already. It's not about the bag. It's something bigger. What are you discovering in this journey about that community that you're tapping into? I think that's one of the factors, um, an, appetite, an appetite for risk. Because at the end of our sessions and stuff, we always have a sh- uh, um, like a dinner or like something where people can share about like their boldest moments. And I think that's when people are kind of reminded of like, oh, wow, I can actually chase that goal. Oh, wow, like this actually happened. And seeing people beyond just that first impression, but going deeper, hmm. I think people are craving that true connection, people to people that is kind of missing in um, maybe their everyday lives. By coming to yeah. our events, they get the chance to actually connect on a more and a deeper emotional level. And I think that's what we want to bring to our community to have like hmm. the sense of support. Like if you if you are like thinking on the fence about something that you really want to go for. We want to be that community that pushes you over the fence and like, like, fuck yeah, just do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially, I know a lot of people say that young people today are digitally native, but the reality is we still live in the offline world. So I think particularly for young people as well, they they crave these connections. I mean, that's why you see young people hanging out at Starbucks of all places, right? Because they want places to hang out. They don't have the social space that you're giving them, right? And it's interesting that you're building it around a product. I'm wondering how scalable this is. I mean, do you have plans that, I mean, obviously you've got fans outside of Singapore. So what are your plans? Before we talk about Anchor and the shirt that we're going to introduce in a minute, what's your, what's your situation now with your tribe across the world? Who do you have out there? What kind of people? And do you have any plans to take it global? Yeah, um, definitely. So Singapore is kind of like our test bait into what works and what doesn't. So for example, we started implementing since the COVID thing, um, a weekly IG um, bullshit chats where every Saturday um, at 11.30am, we'll go live and like talk to our people and like find out what they think about our products as just trial or like just getting feedback. And then... Um, Moving on from that, we actually tried to do a similar thing in Thailand. So we actually do have a Thailand team where um, it's just a small team there, <laughs> just a couple of people, but uh, replicating the live event and finding out, connecting the people over there. And um, from there, we kind of replicated what worked in Singapore, which was like the product demos and all that over there. And it kind of worked as well. So I think that's something that we, gonna, we are going to explore more in other countries especially countries that we have a bigger user base in. Mm. Have you got a clear idea of who your avatar is, who your buyer is? Because, I mean, for example, you know, young people who crave adventure, that's a very big market. Is it something within that market? Is it a subset of that? In particular, the values that they may have about Be Bold and your products? 
Mm. Um, so these people are usually office workers. Um, they are usually 25 to about 35 years old or 40 years old. Um, male, female, the same. But um, they are actually people who are uh, in sports groups, people who go for marathons, who travel overseas for runcations, and then um, people who kind of travel for business quite often as well. So these are the kind of group of people that um, respond, the, the, uh, respond the most positive to our products. Mm. And do you have partnerships in that market? Because I imagine there's mm. a lot of very identifiable brands and communities you can plug into, right? Yeah, uh, we do actually. So we are actually partnering up with um, Southeast Asia's biggest gym franchise, uh, Fitness First. So we would be launching our collaboration with them later this year. Yeah. So that's something really, really exciting. Mm. What about, I mean, you mentioned, for example, extreme sports. You, I mean, you've mentioned... I wouldn't say extreme sports like marathons, for example. They're not really extreme, but they're probably more niche. Do you have any partnerships in there? Because I imagine a, a gym franchise is great because it's mass market. Within that mass market, there are more niches, for example, like marathons. The people who do spend a lot of money. Yeah, and try to use and everything, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we do with like Stanchart Marathon. So that we have got a collaboration with them for over two years now. So every year when they exhibit, uh, exhibit in Singapore, we'll be one of the main uh, vendors over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Good. Let's talk about your shirts. Mm. Anchor. What's the idea here? We can mm. have a look at it on the pitch deck just so we can see. I don't know if you've got one with you. I do. I do it, actually. Oh, you do? Do you want to hold it up yeah. for the camera sure. so we can have a look? All right. So this is the shirt. Um, you can see it's a prototype that we have so far. Everything is like <laughs> waiting for the launch itself. Um, so this is the shirt itself. It's a t-shirt that is polyester, um, but it has like some of the coolest tech features that I think you'll be astonished to find out. Yeah. Surprise so, me. What, what, right. what does it have that <laughs> makes it okay. different? <laughs> so that's like a normal shirt, right? But let's say like if you're drinking water. I drink water and then are you doing a demo yeah okay. and then and then your kid decides you know like daddy oh my god um look at this shit and it's like oh shit <laughs> so it's like you can see that when oh i don't know if you can see but i can see that when you pour water over it all right she's pouring water over it for those that are listening yeah. okay <laughs> you can see that the water slips right through uh-huh so it doesn't leave anything on the fabric itself mm-hmm and to show you a little bit more is that oh, let me see. whoops is that, see, water gets spilled all the time yes water gets spilled all the time and you can see the water being trapped over here oh well what's the material that you use in that it's actually polyester that we're using over here but yeah. um, we actually do it with some sort of treatment yeah, such that it actually repels water and not only water I'm talking about like if you're wearing this white shirt and then you're having wine for friends. And if you, even if you spill wine on it, nothing gets attached. So it's actually stain resistant as well. So yeah. you can finally go for that date without, you know, having that awkward foot stain on your, on your, on your shirt itself. Well, so what would be the, I mean, what would yeah. be, this is not a sports shirt then, I guess, or is, I mean, what's the, the purpose? Mm. Cause I'm not sure what's the benefit of having water repellent. I thought it should be water, you know, wicking at least. Mm, absorbing yeah, and all yeah. that. Right. So the, the cool thing about this is that on the inside, it's actually, it's actually like moisture wicking. So it actually evaporates the water, but on the outside, it's actually water repellent. Mm. 
So it performs dual function. There's two function for it. Okay. And then um, this is something that actually we have been thinking about for the past two years of like, what can we do to t-shirts? Because we believe that the current t-shirts, you know, the one that we are wearing every single day is really basic and something that has existed for over 10, 20 years. So what can we bring to the table that can really change how we look at t-shirts and how we wear t-shirts? Um, bringing to the same point of multiple activities in a day. Mm. We want the shirt to be able to uh, uh, to accompany you for like your gym sessions all the way to like your business meetings if you're working like um, in a casual work environment or is it like dressed on Sundays? I mean, dressed on Fridays and stuff like that. Are you going to wear a, sort of are you gonna wear that to the gym then take it to the office? Surely that's going well, to smell, isn't it? It's gonna be... Oh, so that's the good thing we thought about. So wouldn't it smell? That, that was a question. And then we thought about it. Um, and we actually made it like antibacterial. So it means that you don't have to wash the shirt every single day. Uh, this is not really like good. Uh, this is good news for people who don't like to do laundry, <laughs> aka me. Um, who does? Instead of washing it every single day, uh, you just have to wash it every three days, five days, and only because you feel it's dirty. Mm. So firstly, it doesn't retain any, uh, uh, any smell. It doesn't retain any odor. It doesn't retain any, any um, water or any stains. So it looks fresh every single day. So that's one good thing. It's good for the environment as well. It's good for, you know, our, our, us lazy people. Um, How many days can you get out of it before it becomes too much? Have you tested it to um, destruction before you need would, to actually wash the thing? Yeah, so I would say a good five days. Five days? <laughs> oh my yeah, words. five days. I kid you not. I'm going to send you a sample and then you're going to try it for five right. days and you're going to thank me okay. after. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> I think that'd be pretty cool for yeah. travel though, wouldn't it? I mean, I can imagine traveling is a real issue. It's not like they don't want to wash. It's that they can't sometimes, you know, like, or it's just, you know, sometimes you you don't have access to a full wardrobe when you're traveling. So sometimes, you know, you're stuck, right? You need a, you need an all in one that I can take to the gym and I can wear it out. Well, if I need to, right? Okay, so how much how much sort of user feedback did you get on that before you designed this and you're going to take it to Kickstarter? Have you how did you actually test something like that, road tester or user test it? Yeah, so we did have this idea about two years ago, and then um, we did about uh, I think we did more than like 200, 300 people to kind of like give feedback about what is the ideal shirt they want. And um, we actually observe a lot of different Kickstarter campaigns as well into like what other features they provide. And in the comment section, what people really wanted um, out of the shirts itself. So um, I think that's one of the channels that people can use actually, feedback, uh, feedback and comment sections on like competitors. Yeah, because that's where they voice out all their pain points about what they don't like about the competitor's, competitor's shirt. Um, and that's where we kind of took a little bit of inspiration as well. And that's why you can actually see that a lot of uh, uh, the shirt that we have, it looks really, really plain because a lot of people are like, I don't like the big logo splash across because I can't wear it to like, you know, outside. It looks really, it looks really kiddish. And um, something super cool, um, still a bag company, right? We are thinking for the shirt, how can we make this shirt a bag? So what I mean by this, um, for the shirt itself, we actually have a secret pouch at the shirt itself so that you can actually store your phone, not, not your phone, your, your coins or your cards or even like your earpiece when, you go, when you're out running because you always forget that $2, you know. Especially if you're going out for like a 10 km run and you decide at 4 km that, shit, I'm going to take a cap home. At least you've got some spare money here, you know, instead of like forgetting to bring that $10 note. So this comes really handy for where's that. The, where's the pocket? And, it's on the inside. 
Yeah, so um, surprisingly, you can't see it on the outside. Mm. On the outside, it looks like a normal mm. shirt, right? Mm. But when we flip it on the inside, you can actually see here. It has a pocket. Right, okay. Yeah, so this pocket, you can actually put like, so this pocket here. Not yeah, sure I see. see, yeah. It's yeah. quite a big pocket. Um, yeah. Is that yeah. by the so waist? Can actually I can't really see it. Is that sort of waist level? Yeah, so it's right uh, at the bottom of the shirt yeah. itself. Yeah, at the waist level. Mm. And it actually has a dual function. So remember, like we are talking about like multifunctional, right? So multifunctionality means that you can actually use this shirt for traveling um, and you can pack it. So normally, like when you go for traveling, right, you'll like roll your shirts up because you want to save space, correct? So we thought about that. Yeah, rolling is great. But what can we do further? The, the problem with rolling, right, is that, you know, you always when you roll it up and you take it out, the, the shirt will unfurl and then you have like a, a mess in your, in, your, in your luggage. So this shirt can actually fold into itself so that you can actually um, keep everything organized while keeping it the same size as your iPhone. So I'm going to show you how it works. Give me a minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, it's a live game where you yeah. pack this shirt into the yes, size of an iPhone. Yeah, into the size of an iPhone. So that's something that um, we haven't seen in the shirt that we have seen out, um, out there because a lot of people, you know, like when they design something, they just want to tweak one or two things. And uh, we didn't want to do that. For us, like our design philosophy is that it needs to contain this boat element, the whole boat mantra, right? Remember? So it needs to have a world's first note in a sense. And that's where we thought of like, what can we do in our design? And um, that's where we thought of this. Hang on. So I'm going to do a live demo um, of the sh shirt packing itself. I'm not really going to do a good job of it because I'm like eh, a little bit nervous. <laughs> so you've done this before. It's not like one of those fold up tents that you can't do a live demo <laughs> on. It's not that difficult, surely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. Okay, right. It's here. Um, but... That's why we actually took like two years with the shirt itself, even though we could have launched it like two years ago, but we just felt it was missing something. And during this COVID period, um, our team had more time because at this period of time, nobody really wants to buy bags, right? No, no one's going out. And that's where we actually concentrated our attention and focus to creating new products. And that's when the shirt, we, we looked at the shirt and thought, what can we make it better? Yeah, so that's, that's how the idea of Anchor came about actually. So two years works in progress until the point where, you know, decided that it was ready. Yeah. Can, you can put like a, a house key, like an electronic key in there. I'm sure it's like big Yeah, enough. you can. I mean, that's pretty useful, isn't it? If yeah. you're out running or even if you're going for like yeah. a 10K run, where do you store mm. that stuff? You don't really have a lot exactly. of options, do you? Unless you bring like the running band, yeah, no. which after, after a while you'll just loosen, right? You look amateur <laughs> with one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So with this like... Okay, so basically, I'm going to bring my iPhone here. Where's my phone? See, like, the problem is that. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Where's my phone? Oh, it's in the bag. Now showing that. Well, you thing. can hold up to the camera and show us, and I'll validate whether or not it's iPhone size. All right. So this is the size of an iPhone. You're right. This is an iPhone. An iPhone. Right? Yeah, and this oh, is like the shit itself. There you go. Pretty good job. Yeah. Fold it so into I can one. see that. Yeah, you can see that it actually is a kind of the same size. Yeah. It's a shirt itself. And it's the same size if you roll it up. The best thing about it is that it doesn't unfold itself. So you can keep everything organized Very over good. here. Excellent. So that's one of the main features that we have. It's nice. I like it. <laughs> I'll send you a shirt. Thanks a lot. 
Yeah, it's yeah. good. I like it. So tell me about the Kickstarter campaign that's going to go with this. What's the plan and how are you going to ace your previous results? Um, this time around, I think um, instead of concentrating on Singapore, we're actually reaching out to the global um, market, especially like US people, um, UK. And the reason is because we found that a lot of people, more than 40% of people on Kickstarter are actually from the United States. And that's where we're, we're going to like target most of our pre-launch marketing too. And we are. Um, this time around, previously, we were focused more on Asia, like in Singapore, where we're kind of comfortable and we know that people will kind of like it. But this time around, we're going to stretch a little bit and see whether um, it will work well with like people from the other side of the world. Yeah. And I think another one is um, also sending for reviews. So we're actually connecting with a lot of like influencers who are uh, based overseas and letting them try it. Especially like um, something that was really, really um, surprising was that when someone was saying that this shirt is really good for um, snowing. So I'm like, huh, what? Because in Singapore, you don't get snow, right? But uh, yeah, so like this Korean girl was telling me that um, in Korea, they wear multiple layers. So they have an inner shirt um, that is usually polyester and not cotton. And I'm wondering like, why? Why would you wear it? Like cotton is definitely more comfortable, right? But polyester, she said like, it doesn't really absorb the sweat. It doesn't smell. And that's why people wear it. And that's why I think like this shirt, um, I think a crowd that we'll be targeting would be people who hate the winter and people who have to like wear multiple layers that I didn't expect, you know, some insights that I got from. That is interesting, isn't it? Yeah, you wonder like how people actually use it. And you only know, like you say, I mean, if you are only experiencing Singaporean customers, you probably are missing out on potential applications, right? But it's only about actually getting it out there in... Yeah, people's hands, right? It'd be interesting to see what happens when you take it to the US as well, especially on the distributor side, like what the pickup is there. And you've also got a lot of options there with subcultures and niches to tap into, right? You know, like fan bases potentially. The the sports scene is huge there. The lifestyle scene's endless, really, you know, but the competition as well is going to be really tough. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So it's going to be interesting for you. So when does your Kickstarter campaign launch? Uh, 7th of July. Fantastic. So yeah, 7th of July, um, we'll be launching at Singapore time, 8 p.m. Yeah. Yeah, 8 p.m. So we'll put all the details out there, but I guess also you'd be interested in talking to people who maybe are distributors. Who, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, this is probably more geared towards them, this conversation, as well mm. as your fans as well. What would you like to say to those potential retailers or people who have distribution channels about this product and what has worked in the past for you and particularly what the pitch to them is and why they should think about this? I think firstly, it's um, the product itself is something that you can't really find in the market so by distributing it you're going to be the world's first in terms of the retail in terms of like um, having that you know first mover advantage (laughs) Um, I think secondly it's like because it's backed by Kickstarter so in the brand the branding of like the innovative products is already there so it's really easy for distribution because a lot of people globally already identify with Kickstarter as like the, the crowdfunding platform for innovative products and I would say um, definitely check out our results on Kickstarter. So that's something that um, you can use as a gauge to see how well the sales can be for your country. Mm-hmm. Are you yeah, going to put a yeah. number on it? What's your target? Are you, you don't want <laughs> to curse yourself or set the bar too high or too low. Do you have an idea yeah. in mind? Are you going to share do. with them? You don't uh-huh. want to share. 
Okay, I'm gonna share. So um, be bold. Was, Come on. <laughs> so the minimal goal that uh, we are aiming for, um, really for us to hit the, the minimum order quantity and like to give the get the best price for our people, um, is definitely a hundred k. So that's about twenty five percent increase from the previous time. But the stretch goal for us is about 250K, which is a quarter of a million dollars. So that's when we can really provide the best prices for people to give people a lot of options when it comes to choosing their stuff. And we're going to have a few add-ons for people as well, other than the shirt itself. Yeah, I think a big part yeah. of that, isn't it, is the, the, the bonuses and the extras that people get when they yeah, buy definitely. more quantity. What kind of things are mm. you going to surprise us with for that? What? Can you share some of the extras? What do they get? Do they get to go to one of your surprise yoga events or something like that? Or yeah, I can provide that for um for them. Um, another one I think would be uh, something that would they would use every single day as well, right? And they can't get it easily in the market. Yeah, at least for like the properties that we are promoting. So the shirt itself and like the thing that we're going to bring up for the add-on, um, it's actually going to be antiviral as well. So that means that the viruses that we are so afraid of can't stick on a shirt and the fabric itself. Yeah, so we're going to bring that up. Great. And then once you've cracked your quarter of a million and you're on to bigger and better things, what's the plan? Where do you see this going? Do you have a vision for Be Bold and for Bo? What's the global plan do you have one or is it just to keep making better and better products or do you have a particular story that you want to share mm. um i think the ultimate vision is actually to build like a lifestyle company that when people look at it they get reminded of you know to, to be bold and take the leap of faith to have that international bull trap to spot each other in our own gym building um, I think that's the ultimate goal of where we want to be. What we produce, I think, bags, shirts, it doesn't really matter. All of them are just constant reminders for people to be bold and yeah, to, to get out of your comfort zone, to get more out of life. That's what we are really pushing for. And I would feel like the merchandise and like the, the things that we are, we are selling is just like a medium for us to communicate that message. Mm, yeah. yeah. Well, it's great. I mean, it's a big... Uh, ask and it's a bold plan but that's why you're here mandy i think importantly as well for such a a marketing strategy a key part of this is you and your story and getting that out there so you know that i mean if you think about a lot of lifestyle brands how much of it has come down to even on the clothing side i mean you think about people like patagonia for example and you know how much of that has come down to the founders as well and them telling their stories because that's the most authentic way to communicate a lifestyle brand. It's very easy to say that you are something, but that comes down to the founders and the people behind it. That's what people believe in. So I, I would hope that we see more of you out there telling your story and the Be Bold story really, because that is what is going to build your fan base, isn't it? Because that really is the bigger story, the bigger narrative that people are going to connect with. The products really are just a part of that. That really, you know, especially if you think about it, that you're coming from a position where we're here in Singapore, which bold isn't normal, right? You know, in the sense that it's very comfortable. It's a, it's a hugely successful economy. So why be bold when you can just keep your head down and have a like, like where we started, like why you never took a normal job. Right. So, you know, let's just 
think about that for a minute because that's a, a, a very you know strong message that you put out that you've chosen not to do that. And it'd be interesting to see what that how that resonates with people as well around the world. So hopefully we see more of you out there telling that story because that's going to be a, probably the most authentic marketing there is for this beyond simply the Kickstarter campaigns and, and building your fan base as well. So hopefully you'll be bold as well. <laughs> Put the challenge out there. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Mandy Chan, everybody from Bo. Be bold. <laughs> hashtag be bold. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how your Kickstarter campaign goes. We'll share all the details in the show notes. Um, distributors, retailers, you know where to go. What's the best channel to make contact with you and to reach out to you? What works for you? Is it LinkedIn? Is it Instagram? What What is your preferred um, way of communicating? Yeah, LinkedIn is great. Uh, email is great. Uh, just our socials. So if you can just search for us, both or both. B-O-W-F-O-R-B-O-L-D and we'll reply you within like 12 hours. You know, my CS is going to get in trouble. Yeah, so exactly. 12 hours or actually one hour. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks for, you know, thanks for coming today and sharing your story. Um, wishing you all the best. And you've, uh, I think mean, you've been bold. You put the, the targets out there as well. <laughs> yeah. To, you know, it's not, order. not easy now. Now you put it mm. out there. I think, You've obviously, that's a rod for your own back now, but I think you've got to as well. You've, you've got to be audacious. So congratulations for at least giving some, I mean, especially at such a young age, not being patronizing, but at a young age, like giving a lot of entrepreneurs or would be entrepreneurs of your generation, a role model. You know, in a Hopefully. sense. That, yeah, definitely. I think so. We yeah. need more of that. We need more people like of your generation stepping up and doing this. So hopefully this is a story that will inspire them. Mandy Chan, everybody. Thanks a lot. That was Pitch Deck Asia. My name's Graham Brown. Pitch Deck Asia is a platform to give startups in Asia a voice. We give them a show to help them tell their story. And if you love these startup stories and like hearing more about the journeys of the founders go and check out our soundcloud channel which is available at pitchdeck.asia slash soundcloud that's pitchdeck.asia slash soundcloud head along to the channel subscribe follow us and feel free to leave a comment or a rating on our channel as well we'd love to hear your feedback